Happy Tuesday and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Apollo 13 Minute, a show where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we go over one minute of probably the greatest space history movie ever made, the 1995 Ron Howard-directed feature, Apollo 13. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm your other host, I'm Chris Henry of the EAA Aviation Museum. And Chris, as we're, as we're uh, well, as this is first going to be broadcast, uh, this is one of the few times that we're going to be the same day that something's happening. This is April 14th, 1970, uh, in, you know, back in time uh, of what, what we're watching here while they're, while they're spilling all those uh, MacGyver parts uh, to build the, the CO2 filter on <laughs> the crown. Um, and uh, I, don't, I, I don't think I've ever done a podcast where something happened on the anniversary of the date that we were doing something. So this is a, this is a first for me. Yeah, this is really cool. I mean, you know, if you think about it, it and it's kind of uh, interesting, those guys are working the problem through the night. And today would be the anniversary of when America sort of woke up and found out there was a problem. I mean, yeah. you know, the, the explosion happened in the evening. Um, and a lot of these, you know, a lot of the country was waking up just now to find out that Apollo 13 had had a, had a problem up there. Yeah, it, it was. I remember. I remember the day very well. My uh, my birthday was is the 13th of April, so it uh, it, it was uh, it was my birthday, and we had just come home from. Uh, uh, my dad was getting me a, a telescope for my birthday, and we went out and bought a a, a refractor telescope. It was my first very first telescope, and. Um, uh, we'd come home and uh, I was setting it up to uh, the uh, the moon had already set when uh, when I got home I, was, I wanted to, to look at the moon but it was it wasn't available and uh, it was actually kind of hazy that day in uh, in New Jersey um, but uh, I was putting together the uh, the legs of the telescope and the uh, ABC news came on and said that uh, you know that there had been an explosion and uh, uh, at the time you know we it, it wasn't it wasn't quite clear how much danger the astronauts were in they talked about how they had a they had had an explosion on the ship but they didn't they, they said the crew was alive and other than that we really didn't know a lot and there was a lot of speculation um we were flipping channels back and forth my uh my go-to back in those days was nbc watching uh david brinkley john chancellor frank mcgee uh, who seemed to they seem to know a lot of the stuff. If you went, I, I know a lot of people watched. Well, we've talked about this before. A lot of people watched Walter Cronkite with Wally Shara, but mostly they told war stories and getting getting up to date on what was going on. Uh, NBC and ABC seemed to have more on the ball with you know what was what was happening. And, and uh, Jules Bergman, of course, who we see in this or who we hear in this particular minute, uh, was very science based. He was their science editor, but he. He knew a lot about uh, the equipment and uh, and the personalities involved. He did a lot of uh, direct interviews with with many of the people, not just the astronauts, but the controllers. So he he kind of had a really good insight to uh, understanding the uh, uh, the people involved and the uh, the issues that were facing the astronauts. Um, and it's it's really nice to hear Jules Bergman's voice. He was, I you know I, I know everybody thinks of Carl Sagan as the ultimate seventies you eighties. Know, uh, science guy, but I always thought of Jules Bergman was, he was my Mr. Wizard kind of a fellow. 
Well, you know, and I, I wanted to ask you, and this is slightly off topic, but not too far off. Um, you know, when you watch, you know, From the Earth to the Moon, which is a miniseries, not not the film here that we're talking about, but, yeah. you know, there's a gentleman who largely is, is depicted as sort of the Walter Cronkite-ish. And I always want to ask you, was he supposed to be depicting a real person, or was it sort of a composite character of, of the Walter Cronkite-type uh, reporters? Yeah, I get the feeling Lane Smith played, played the character on this mythical station, and... Uh, he kind of felt more like, um, yeah, he, he was kind of a, an amalgam of, not Walter Cronkite, but I'd go with more like a, uh, he was similar to uh, uh, Frank, Frank McGee was, was about the closest to that. He was kind of the old hand. Frank McGee was, um, was always on site. He was at the Cape. Uh, maybe even Jay Bar- uh, Barbary. Um, being an older, a more experienced, you know, old newsy guy. Um, but yeah, and he would later play Perry White from uh, the Super, you know, Lois and Clark show. So it was kind of apt. He was kind of an older hand, more, um, more experienced guy. And, uh, the, the young, the young hotheaded guy that's in there, the, the fellow, from, I can't think of his name, uh, Jay, ah, it'll hit me later. Um, he was in the, uh, uh, the Tom uh, Tom Cruise Show Me the Money movie. Um, uh, it's not Jay Moore, is it? Jay Moore. There we go. Yeah, thank okay, you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. yeah. Jay Moore was the young. He was the young buck that was going to take over Lane Smith's uh, role on the on the news show. Um, but he was more like uh, uh, I would say uh, Jim Hartz. He was a more uh, up and coming young guy. And uh, really, Lane Smith. The closest I could think of uh, for for Apollo era would be uh, John Chancellor. John Chancellor was uh, he did NBC's nightly news after uh, Huntley and Brinkley uh, uh, had had left the uh, the NBC nightly news thing. He was the he was the main anchor that you'd see at night. So John Chancellor was kind of the calm, uh, orderly fellow, less uh, less um, jovial than uh, than Walter Cronkite, but. Uh, he gave you the facts. He get, he you felt like he knew what he was talking about when he was talking about things. Um, there were a whole bunch of there were a whole bunch of great uh, anchors back then, and they all did really good work on explaining things. Um, Frank Reynolds and uh, Jules Bergman were a good team on ABC. Frank Reynolds was the uh, was the news guy, and Jules Bergman was the science guy. So they they do play by play the way you'd watch Monday Night Football. It was just it's. <laughs> It, it was it was kind of like that, um, but I was more of a I was more of an NBC guy. Uh, I'd watch uh, watch NBC. They were sponsored by Tang, so I figured they knew what nice. they were talking about. If Tang, you know, <laughs> Tang and Gulf Oil. So, um, whereas uh, uh, CBS was uh, Western Electric, the Bell system uh, sponsor. So they they were good on communications, but uh, I I can never figure out why there was only one phone company. I can never figure out why Western Electric needed to advertise you didn't really have a you didn't have a choice of another kind of phone so why bother it was this or a tin can yet yeah exactly exactly and then uh i don't even know who who sponsored abc they were such abc was this tiny little it was like watching upn it was a tiny tiny network so they they didn't have really a defined uh uh, I think that you know they were might have spon- been sponsored by Purina Dog Chow. I would never have noticed, um, <laughs> but it was it was it's funny thinking back then because it was all the sponsorship was listed right on the on their uh, the front de- the desk that they always use you know the news desk there'd be a gigantic it looked like the lid off of a can of Tang uh, on the front <laughs> you know say like NBC and then there'd be a big Tang 
uh, on the on the front of it. So that was uh, that was my life. or golf. It would have the golf oil uh, logo, um, and uh, I was I was firmly convinced as a little kid that uh, Tang and Gulf Oil paid to get us to the moon. <laughs> it, <laughs> it just seemed all reasonable. Um, but uh, we we leave the in this one we leave the uh, the MacGyver guys uh, putting together the the canister uh, vent, and we go to that. Uh, that video where they're showing, as we talked before about Jules, the, the audio is Jules Bergman, the science correspondent for ABC, uh, talking to uh, Fred Hayes, which they probably had the uh, the original Fred Hayes video of this, but uh, they just dropped in Bill Paxton uh, being Fred Hayes. Um, and always interesting, that is not uh, an exaggeration that if they wanted to show technology and science, they'd show a nine-track uh uh, tape recorder in the background and just here why don't you back up against this wall of tape drives and uh, that'll look all sciency um but uh, a fun a fun uh a, a very the verisimilitude is very good here and uh well, we're back in the lovell house with uh, uh henry the the public affairs officer showing up and uh explaining to a, a poor maryland that uh these guys want to build a, a television tower in a front yard God, <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, yeah, just I, I'm not sure who I, I I I do feel sorry for Marilyn, but I feel sorry for the uh, I feel sorry for Henry because he, I, I think he knows that this is not going to go over well. <laughs> I've been in that position where you're sent in to deliver news that isn't going to be well received. Yeah, that's not yeah. an easy job. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, can somebody else? But no, he's he's kind of the uh, the pointy the pointy stick that they stuck through. The- <laughs> It's like here we go. I'm at the pointy end of the stick, so, um, and we get a great view of uh, of Jim's uh, what do they call it? The I love me room. It's I've ever... yes, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, those beautiful those beautiful pictures on the on the wall of uh, of Apollo eight and uh, and uh, Gemini seven. Um, the uh, uh, I, I do I I admire the character actor Xander Berkeley. He's he's such a I I've said this before. He's such a, a major Burns from. Uh, from mashed character he's smiley and happy but you just feel like he's he's a toady he's just you know he's there (laughs) doing the work of the bad guys or the people that you don't you don't really you're not on their side um but he's he's been he's been in my favorite role is uh in 24 when he's the uh he's Kiefer Sutherland's boss and Kiefer keeps uh one-upping him and then finally he uh I hope I don't spoil this for anybody who's watched, who watched season two. So if you if, just keep your keep your ears covered for the next ten seconds, he uh, he turns himself around and becomes noble by uh, sacrificing himself in a nuclear blast in season two. So he he does he does redeem himself. This um, show uh, this show actually has a small tie to twenty four. Really, I was very lucky enough to uh, be um, Elisa Cuthbert's driver at the pittsburgh airport when she was passing through <laughs> wow so, oh one oh, of our wow. us air back in the day so oh yes yes well, that, was, that was tough duty but uh, somehow i managed yeah to. <laughs> yeah you struggled through uh, yes <laughs> yeah you know and the the worst my uh my my uh worst Alyssa Cuthbert, my only Alyssa cuthbert story was uh watching 24 the first season she was on when she's like broken into the hardware store and stuff like that i I know way too much about 24 this is (laughs) but she was wearing a shirt and i instantly recognized the shirt it's from a uh, uh, national boy scout jamboree 
and it, it's it's kind of, she has it it's like ripped and things like that she was wearing it as a just like a fashion statement but the minute i saw her i'm like that's a that's a national jamboree shirt from the boy scouts and it's like uh just <laughs> watching the show for all the wrong reasons but it was just yeah um uh it's my boy my boy scout background makes me recognize uh uh, collectibles <laughs> that's funny <laughs> but wow did she say anything to you did she did you talk oh, she her? was really nice yeah I, I her plane was broken and uh we had to take her to a different airplane and um yeah she was she was super friendly um you know i i didn't really watch 24 until that and then i started watching it because she was on it um and uh and loved the show but uh just a really really sweet person um um yeah, if you've ever watched The Ranch, she's on uh, The Ranch on Netflix. And oh, okay. She, I don't. She's very much like the Abby character on there that she plays. She's just a really, really sweet person. Okay, I have to check that out. I, I remember um, she to bring this full full circle. She was the science reporter on a, uh, a short lived uh, school uh, school television network called Channel One, I believe. And oh was, wow. She's from, I think she's from Florida, or she's some, somewhere in either Georgia or Florida. But oh no, she's oh, I'm sorry, she's Canadian, but she she moved to Florida. Yeah, she she's did, Canadian. She, yeah, yeah, she's Canadian, but she she did her work in Florida for this, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of schools when they deployed when they deployed cable systems in the 80s and 90s, uh, a lot of municipalities required uh, free cable access be given to uh, school systems, and then to to justify it, they had to put in the cable companies had to put in content that would be useful in a school. So they came up with Channel One, and they had they offered like science and math and nature and um, social socialization programs on there. And and she was on a Channel One series where she was like the the kid science reporter. Um, that's pretty cool. And that's all I know about Alicia Cuthbert. <laughs> Maybe we can get her on the show. I could remember, yeah, remember that her. time you need, you needed a ride in Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, um, anyway, uh, uh, we get to watch uh, Kathleen Quinlan being being Marilyn at her most Marilynist. Uh, why Why Jim loves loves Marilyn so much? She's yeah. just she she's her own person, and uh, she tells the tells the PAO guy that. Uh, if he's got a problem, he can, she can, he can bring it up with her husband. And, um, uh, it's, you know, it, it's so, uh, it, it's so, mu- uh, much of a, a thing. Well, actually we can talk about that more tomorrow because that, that actually happens tomorrow, but, uh, she's, she's giving them payback for not running the Apollo 13 television show that was on, uh, you know that was earlier earlier in this this week that none of the none of the network carried it because it wasn't exciting it wasn't dramatic enough um but just the 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 rightful anger that she has in this thing and unfortunately poor henry has to uh has to take this all in but uh you know she's very rightfully angry at the media at the time this is when the media began to change when it began to be more um pushy getting into uh, people's faces there were there was before this, uh, in, in dealing with the with the media, NASA and um, NASA and the media had kind of, kind of a, a very uh, diplomatic relationship. That they wouldn't go into the past, they wouldn't go into other the, the personal lives of the astronauts. Other than everybody was happy, everybody was great. Were you know happy, pleased, and thrilled? That kind of stuff. And 
that that kind of started going away around here. Um, there's there's a lot of stuff, uh, especially in the personal lives of the astronauts. Uh, there were there were divorces and things like that that had been held up, and uh, that really didn't come out until later Apollo missions. And once uh, there's uh, the, the astronaut wives club, the fir- first wives club, uh, kind of went into went into this as a uh, you know as a topic that uh, once once they found out that they could get divorced and uh, not lose their spot on the uh, you know on the launch uh, schedule. Uh, then a lot of a lot of personal lives that a lot of the, a lot of the marriages fell apart and things, um, but it was it, it still wasn't reported in the in the news at the time. The uh, the uh, media didn't report on which astronauts were getting divorced and things because they still wanted to keep that that image up, and they they really didn't get into it until much later, post Apollo program, uh, when they started talking about what what it was like being in an astronaut family at the time. You know, if I if if I can uh, indulge everybody in another Frank story, uh, if I don't derail us too much, I, I will. Uh, uh, Jim, is that all right? No, no, please do. I mean, <laughs> I, this, we should just make it the Frank Borman show. <laughs> the I, Frank I, Borman I show. love Frank. Sure. <laughs> but I, I will tell you that, uh, uh, of course, uh, you know him and Susan are still married, and uh, I can tell you that he is so proud that his crew uh, got you know the crew of Apollo Eight all got out you know through everything with their marriages still intact to this day um but when you ask frank you know what what's the you know what's the coolest uh thing that ever happened to you as far as like you know mission assignments or aircraft you flew to this day it has nothing to do with that i mean in in he immediately will tell you that the best thing that ever happened to him and his exact quote is, is the day the best thing that ever happened to me is the day that susan agreed to be my wife um and he uh, just an amazing uh, love that they have, and uh, it's uh, everybody should find a, a Susan, and, and every Susan should find a Frank, is, is what I always say. So, um, you know, just an amazing uh, couple, uh, still very much in love to this day, and uh, uh, I, I've it's that old-fashioned gentlemanly you know, kind of uh, way about him too with the whole thing. Um, He's truly a role model, but that, that, you know, Susan was his rock at home. She took care of everything at home. And, uh, and for that, he has always been grateful, but uh, um, yeah, I, I I just, uh, you'll never find two people more devoted to each other than Frank and Susan. It's uh, it's kind of a Johnny and June kind of thing, you know? Yeah, I think that, I mean, I, that's pretty much what we're seeing with Jim and Marilyn. I mean, they, they're both, they were, you know, it, it, it's a seesaw and you need two people on the seesaw to, to keep it going. And they both, they both had to be strong for each other and for themselves. So uh, it's, it's nice knowing this side of them all that you, you know, they stand up for, for what is, what is most important to them and nothing the two of them are more important than each individual. I think that's that's what comes through on these things. And and you see that in Jim and Marilyn's story, everything with uh what's important and what's not important. Like uh I, we saw that at the beginning of the movie when uh when Jim and Marilyn are are uh are sitting out on the, the their patio and uh, they said there's just too much to clean up, let's just sell the house. And you know, it's like, yeah, it's not that important right now. The most important thing to them is being with each other. 
my favorite thing that I found between the two of them, there's a few things, but uh, one of the favorite things I found, and it's something silly, and Frank, when we when we discovered it, when we moved it back to Oshkosh, we, we found it, it was a note tucked in between some pages of a magazine, and we asked him what it was, and he was like, oh, you can get rid of that, and we're like, no, this is amazing. Um, anybody that's ever been to our big air show in Oshkosh uh, in the middle of July knows that depending on the weather it could be kind of hot and and you're tired because you've been walking all day and you're just ready to go back to your hotel or wherever it is you're staying and get a shower or jump into the pool or what have you and we found a note stuck inside of a magazine and it's from susan written to frank and it must have been left at the airplane uh because they had flown in one of their their i think it was the year that they brought their um their waco biplane in and she wrote it in the tone of like a letter home to the Civil War. And, <laughs> it was Chestnut, like, yeah. and it was like, my dearest Frank, like upon this trip, you promised me like vigorous exercise and cool refreshments. So far, I've had all the exercise, none of the refreshments. Therefore, I'm retreating back to our, you know, our abode yeah. or something like that. <laughs> and then she said, you have my undying love. And, you know, and as a testament to that, I'm leaving you our oldest son. <laughs> you know, <laughs> at the airplane. And then she signed it Susu, which is what he named all of his airplanes. Um, and then she wrote, P.S., she must have came back, and she goes, I have returned briefly, for I have forgotten our youngest son. <laughs> so, uh, and, uh, I, I, you know, to me, it was very sweet, and it's very, everybody who has ever been to the air show has been there. We were just ready to kind of go home for the day. Um, but it's it was really symbolic, and he was like, oh, that's just silly, you can get rid of that. And we're like, you no, know, no, no, we're gonna we're gonna frame it and display it like yeah, that that needs a spotlight. That's yeah, a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh wow! Well, something that something you see when people are visiting Oshkosh to look for Susan's letter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ah, uh, wow. Well, uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit more. We're gonna uh, we're gonna hear full Maryland mode tomorrow as as we get to. Uh, uh, further into the poor into the, I, I guess we can call tomorrow the poor henry episode um but we'll uh, we'll talk we'll talk some more about uh, Marilyn uh on tomorrow's episode if you've missed any of the previous episodes you can always find them out there online uh just go to any of the big pod catcher things like uh apple podcasts or google play or um spotify we're on and tune in and you can find us all at the big site apollo 13 minute.com uh to download any any of the previous episodes that you want social media find us on facebook mission control uh, apollo 13 mission control and on twitter at apollo 13 apollo 13 minute join us back here tomorrow and we will uh talk some more we're going to be lost the signal in about 30 seconds so we will see you here tomorrow on the apollo 13 minute